Welcome to another episode of the Zenpreneur Podcast, the show for entrepreneurs who want more money and less stress. The Zenpreneur Podcast is hosted by serial entrepreneur and high-performance coach Mario Lanzarotti. Listen as Mario and his inspiring guests share the insights, strategies, and habits that allow you to grow your business with peace of mind so you can enjoy more wealth and freedom. Learn how to build the mindset and habits you need to find the balance between a successful business and a thriving personal life. And now, here is your host, Mario Lanzarotti. Hello and welcome, my friends, to yet another episode of the Zenpreneur podcast. This is your host, Mario Lanzarotti, and today I have a very special guest. This is one of those occasions where you speak something into existence and it will happen at some point in your life. Many, many years ago, I visited my first ever coaching seminar and it was the Landmark Forum. Today, I have the honor of interviewing the very man who led this forum. His name is Will Steele and he's coached over 90,000 people. Yes, you heard that right. 90,000 people in over 26 countries. He's developed a unique ability to quickly identify what blocks people from being effective in producing breakthrough results. Listening from the ontological perspective, he's able to guide you to see and conquer what you have been blind to and blocked by, enabling you to act free from your limiting beliefs and constraints. Mr. Will Steele, welcome to the show. Thank you very much, Mario. Thank you. It's great to be on your show. Uh, it's an honor to have you here. So, Will, give give the, our listeners a little bit of a perspective, because many people in the world know what the what Landmark is and what Landmark does. But could you just describe what Landmark is, how you got to it, and maybe tell us a little bit about your story with your experience with it and how you got to being here today? Uh, oh, gosh, that's quite a long question, right? So what Landmark <laughs> is, is, is it's... Um an enterprise, a company that presents lots of programs, but the foundation program is called the Landmark Forum. And uh, I was one of the people lucky enough to lead that. I led it for 15 years all around the world. Um, you know, the headquarters are in San Francisco, and I'm actually from the UK. I live in London. So I was very lucky that, you know, when it was, the forum popped up in Brazil or Colombia or, you know, South America, South Africa, you know, different locations. They'd send me because, you know, obviously, you know, I'm a foreigner. So, you know, probably I can speak the language. But, you know, I don't speak Portuguese. I speak very little bit of Spanish, some Italian. I speak really quite good French. So I also used to go to Montreal and do translated forums there. Um, so the organization is just worldwide. And really the, the foundation of the course is to oh, take away all the stuff that's disempowering you, blocking you, uh, really distinguish what it is to be human and um, be able to be responsible for all our, um, our fixed ways of being and acting. You know, um, I don't lead that work myself now. You know, they've got specific distinctions that they use to create a result in three days and an evening so in it's all day friday all day saturday all day sunday 
around about middle of Sunday afternoon, boom, everybody kind of gets a big transformation. And you can talk about it and what it is and all of that stuff, but it's actually an experience where you actually get really present. You really come into the present moment. And um, there's a real freedom opens up there and a freedom to be able to create who you are and what you want for your life. <clears throat> so, you know, the programs subsequent to the forum are about building from that. You know, they're doing an advanced course where you create a future, like who you want to be in the future, who you want to be in your life, and, and then implementing that into your life. And I led that for 15 years, the, the forum, and then left at the beginning of the pandemic when there was no more live programs. So there's no traveling around, no flying around. So I didn't need so many forum leaders. And um, for me, it was a blessing because I like was like, you know, I committed to it. So I wasn't going to break my word. I wasn't going to leave. But this was the opportunity. And uh, so I started coaching. And, um, you know, first, you've got to kind of deprogram yourself from the automatic language you've been using for the last. Well, I worked for them for 21 years. So you've got to somehow let that all fall away and find what you do. Find how it is, who it is that this guy, how he's ended up being able to work with people. So, you know, I started coaching people and uh, quickly found that, um, you know, all those years and years and years of training, you lead a program, let's say there's 200 people in the program. And they come up to the microphone and you work with them and you get to the bottom of what's going on with them and transform it. You know, when you see what this thing, something happened in your past and the decisions you made around the time, what you made it mean about yourself and life and other people, they all start to shape and influence how you live life. So it's quite without all the actual distinctions and everything that Landmarks uses, you know, you can just put all that to one side and be with the person. And you can, I can see there's blocks. I can see there's constraints. I can see there's um, negative conversations there. And I can see there's limiting beliefs. And then it's just a question of, you know, working with the person, asking them questions to get to, you know, what is it that's going on with them? What is actually going on with you that's running the show? So there's things running the show in the background you can't see. And um, very, it, just takes, it just takes a thought that you have and you go, oh, okay. And it goes into the background and you don't realize it. That starts to shape things. It starts to limit things. It starts to filter out things. It starts to have you start to see life a certain way. So, you know, we're not all aware of that as it's happening. And, you know, ongoingly you know if i get stuck i got stuck just 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 this morning actually you know there's something going on inside my business that wasn't working and it was working and now it's kind of stopped working what's going on it was in in the realm of marketing and um so i got on a call with my coach and i said well this has stopped working okay well what were you doing before i was doing this okay and then what well i stopped doing that because i got these guys doing it i'm paying them to do it and they're doing that okay Oh, I stopped doing it myself, what I was doing. I would send it to them. You know, it was just like a, um, a, a blind spot. You know, I hadn't seen See, things go past real fast, you know. And then all of a sudden you can't see why things aren't working or why you don't have any power in a situation or 
you know, where once you did, perhaps, you know. So, um, you know, coaches need a coach also. I think anybody who wants to get on in life, anybody who wants to produce results where they're failing to produce the results they want to produce, or, um, you know, they should be able to produce the results. They even know what to do, and they take those actions, and they don't work. How come? Something's going on in the background that's having you not see what you need to see. It's having you, you know, influenced in a certain way. You you only hear certain things. I mean, you, you're newly married, right, Mario? Right. If we could be a fly on the wall, you might recognize there's certain times where, well, I said that. No, you didn't. You said this. So one person's arguing. with They're, they're arguing with each other. This person's clear what they said. This person's clear what you said. And they're not the same thing. How can that possibly be? Well, you know, we hear what we hear, you know, and that is the way it is. It is what we heard, but it doesn't mean it's what the other person said. So. I want to ask you about something that you speak a lot about. You know, you, for those of you that don't know, Will is my coach, uh, my one-on-one coach, and you, we often talk about being powerful. And Landmark taught me the essence of what it means to be powerful. So what does it mean for you to be powerful? Well, it's not forceful. It's not having a rank or something or a a position, a title. So I've got this title. Everybody has to do what I tell them to do. That's not necessarily powerful. I mean, it might get things done. I I used to be in the Air Force. I was a pilot in the Royal Air Force for 10 years. You know, and, um, you know, if... We need the power supply plugging into the airplane and, say, and just say, can you plug the power in? And the guy would go, yes, sir, in, right? Now, I came out of the Air Force and flew civilian airlines for about two years. And I just remember this one time. We needed the power power source plugging in. We're on the ground. I said to the um, the groundsman, I said, can you, can you plug the power in for us, please? Walked away. He walked away. I got this complaint. This guy's blooming shouting at me, telling me what to do. How dare he do that? And I got this whole, like, you know, coaching session from the boss was, you can't talk to people like that. You know, you've got to say, you know, how are you doing? How's your day going? Oh, wow. We're going to be starting in about five minutes. You know, if, if it's not too much trouble, if you could, you know, you know, if you could plug that in, that'd be awesome. I had to alter the way I talk to people because – the way I was talking to people was from a, like this authority, you know, I was an officer and this guy's not an officer, whereas outside that doesn't work that way. So my speaking had no power. Um, so what does it mean to be powerful? It means when I speak something, it happens. Or if I say I am going to do X, and X happens. And the more power you get, the more you can speak something that doesn't exist right now. I'm going to produce this result. I'm going to have this turn around. I'm going to X, Y, Z. And guess what? That's what happens. Not just magically on its own. You've got to take action consistent with it, you know, and follow through on it. But that's part of being powerful, doing what you said you would do. Operating consistent with who you say that you are function in a way that is aligned with who you really are. Then there's ease, there's grace, there's, 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 you're not, you know, pretending to be this or having to 
get yourself up for that. You're just really there. And this is where it's going. And we're going to do this. Okay, what's the problem? No drama. What's the problem? Deal with what's actually happening. Not all the drama and stories that emanate from people about what's happening. No, get to the facts. You can really get to the facts. You might not like the facts. Facts might not be what you want to see or hear. But if you can be able to get the facts to be the facts, then you can go, okay, now what are we up to? We're up to this. All right, good. So now what actions can we take? We can do this. We can do this. We can do this. All right, good. Let's do that. Let's do that. Let's do that. See how that goes, you know, and actually deal powerfully with things by actually doing what impacts what's happening in the world. So that's a little bit of, 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 of what it is to be powerful. So what I'm hearing in that is what it means to be powerful or a part of what it means to be powerful is to honor your word. As, to, as you say, do the things that you say you do. Now, we are all living in, in this very demanding world, especially if we're business owners, we have to take care of our business, of our families, of ourselves. It happens that you say something and you don't do it. Now, what happens then? How does that impact people and how do you get back to being powerful? Very good. Well, you know, if you say to your wife, you know, I'm going to do X or I'm going to be home at this time or I'll do this when I'm out and then you don't do it and you keep saying I'm going to do X but you do something other than that or you don't do it at all, what starts to, what starts to happen over there where your partner is? And this could be your boss, it could be a colleague, it could be a friend. You know, if you keep saying I'm going to do this but then you don't do it, over time what starts to happen? I feel a sense of guilt building up inside of me. I feel like um, I can't trust myself. I'm not, I'm not a reliable person, not even to myself. That's what you think. Sorry, that's what right. you feel and think, right. right? Right. What's happening with your partner? Well, she's going to trust me less. She's going to not rely on me. She's not going to be as open uh, with me because she thinks, you know, I can't trust the guy. He keeps promised me the world, but he's not there for me. Yeah, it's worse than that. She stops listening to you. Oh. Now you've lost her because she doesn't listen to you. What you say, you know, well, we'll see. So now she stops listening to you. So you don't experience her listening. Communication starts to fall away. And guess what? You know, Five years later, if that, people are divorced. Or, you know, the guy's going, well, my wife doesn't listen to me. But Susie at work, she really listens to me. <laughs> she really listens. I feel like she's my soulmate. I can tell her anything. She gets it. It's awesome. So he starts having an affair with Susie at work. And his marriage breaks up. He's now with Susie. And then, you know, here we are, 18 months later, he goes, you know, Susie's, you know, I don't know, man. But Mary, whew, she's amazing. Right? So we go back to power. If you want people to listen to you, you have to honor your word with them. Wow. Otherwise, they don't listen. And you have no power in the world. Why? Because people don't listen to you. 
So, you know, when I got it this way around for myself, I then got why it's so important to clean it up if you don't keep your word or you're not going to keep your word with someone. I used to think, oh, it's just a pain in the backside. I have to do it because I said I was going to do it and I didn't do it. I felt like, a, you know, a naughty schoolboy or something like that. No, that's the wrong way around. That's like moralism, mor morality or, 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 or you, you know, you're not a good person or you're not a good enough person. No, I need to clean my word up because I need people to be able to listen to me. If they don't listen to me, I have no power. I have no, I mean, I have no say in my life. And in the life of others. Why? Because they don't listen. So it's really, if you're interested in being powerful, you have to manage, look after, take care of people's listening of you. And what do they listen to? What you say. You know, you, know, you can also say actions speak louder than words and all that stuff. Yeah, fine. That's also included if you don't do the thing, you know. But... If you're not going to do it, you know, maybe you're not going to meet that person on time. Great. Well, I'm going to have to send them a message or call them. Hey, I'm stuck in traffic. I'm going to be 10 minutes late. Do you want to reschedule or, 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 or what do you want to do? I don't want you just hanging around wondering where I am. You know, you don't even have to say that last bit. But by communicating, yes, you're not going to keep your promise to be there at a certain time. But you are honoring the word you gave. You're someone who's takes it seriously what they say and they're listening to you as that it's important oh my god you're never late what's going on you know so you don't just turn up late because that's more impact and more difficult to turn around as soon as you realize you won't be on time you let them know or you know delivering on the task you promised to deliver on at work or whatever it is with your kids your kids stop listening to you and you make promises and you don't do it. I'm going to take you out this weekend. And then you stay at work in your business, working on the business. And I'm so, I'm so sorry. And you buy them all ice cream and everything and think it makes it up to them. You know, and they might smile at you and stuff like that. But they're listening. Dad doesn't do what he says he's going to do. He says we're going to go out. He's so disappointed. And I know because I've worked with those adults in the program we were talking about. I've worked with them. My dad didn't care about me. I'm not important. So, sort of things kids make up. Sort of things you've made up growing up that you're now trying to make up for. So it's, um, you know, it's not a technique. It's not a this or that. It's really about having a powerful existence, a powerful life, being powerful in the world. And your immediate access is to be conscious of what you say and honor what you say. Yeah. I think this is a this is a very practical approach to reclaiming your power and maintaining your power in life. Mm. And you know, obviously, I've experienced this firsthand, which is why we are here today through the the work at Landmark, and the, mm. I've gone through it multiple times. And and still to this day, I keep rediscovering things. And you speak, you have you 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 mentioned earlier that you said there are things in life that happen to us in, in the past or happened in our past that when we were younger and in those moments we make up a decision about what it means about ourselves what it means about life and the people around us what are some of the most common patterns that you have seen specifically for high achievers and entrepreneurs 
of things that happened in their past and how it shapes them moving forward as a business owner. Right. Um, I think one of the most common ones in high achievers, um, you know, who they are for themselves, they have to be the best and they, you know, producing results. And then they get the result and it's kind of hollow. It's not really it. It's great, but it's not really it. So now they've got to produce more results. And that's not, and they work really hard. They work long hours. They're competitive. They're this, that, that. And, and it's empty. Why? Because no matter what results you produce, you're not going to fix the thing inside you you're making up for. Or you decide you're not, but you can be this. So now you're not that, but I can be this. My own example, you know, one of the most powerful things um, I saw for myself, I'm three years old, and my dad might have only been two, two or three years old. And my dad's telling the whole family the story of how I came along. He said, well, you know, we couldn't afford a third baby. Then mum got pregnant. And we thought, well, we've got two boys already. It'd be nice to have a little girl. So we were looking forward to a little girl, and you popped out. You should have been a little girl. Everyone's laughing, my brothers, my grandmas, everyone. And I had this experience of being humiliated, and they're laughing at me. And the thought was they didn't want me. And they really didn't want me because they wanted a girl. I got double proof. And I went, right, I'm the best. So now, guess what? I spent my life having to be the best. It's like who I've identified with is uh, I, I am the best. I have to be the best. So, you know, I, and I, I, went, I remember getting my first ribbon at school, right? School sports day, I get first, and I'm queuing up in the line, and I'm saying, this is the, I said, turn to all my friends, Patrick Wright and Christopher Ellis and Paul Warren. I said, this is the proudest day of my life. And I get this big ribbon. I run home to show my dad, you know, thinking he's going to pick me up and swing me around. He wasn't at home. He was at work. I had to wait for him. And I run down the street, and he's walking up. I said, Dad, 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 look, look. He went, oh. Oh. And he put his hand in his pocket, and he gave me some coins. It's like, oh, it's not, not what I thought. And they made a decision right there. He's the wrong dad. Wrote him off. At six years old. And wondered why I have this terrible relationship with my dad. What was all that about? Well, you get back to the moment. You know, my dad had just finished working overtime. He's probably worked like 14 hours in a tractor factory. Exhausted. And for him, money was a big deal. That's like the best thing he could give you, you know? But it's not what I expected, not what I wanted, because, you know, this was the moment. I'm the best. I got first, you know? Unbeknownst to me, I was still trying to fix the thing I decided when I was two or three years old. And that went all through my life. I had a drawer full of first ribbons. I never came second. All the school sports days up to 11, all firsts. Everything I did had to be the best. Had to be the best. Like, there's no way I'm not going to be the best, no matter what it was. I didn't realize how much that was all about making up for really believing they didn't want me. You know, and these are really powerful. You know, and then you get to being an adult. I'm in the Air Force. I can't just be a pilot and be happy with being a pilot. No, I've got to be a single-seat Harry pilot because they're the best of the best. Nothing less. Anything less right. is just a complete, like, my life is over. So it wasn't until I, you know, actually saw that. There's what happened, and then there's, you know, what I made up, my interpretation, my 
thoughts I had to myself at the time. So getting back to entrepreneurs, they've got something like that where really for themselves, they probably wouldn't admit it to anybody who they are for themselves is not good enough. So they have to be this. See, being the best is not the same as being good, good enough. Being first is not the same as being good enough. It's at least a little bit different, but you can win that game. You can win that game, win that game, but it never fixes that core belief you have about yourself. So, you know, that's why people burn out. That's why people get, you know, midlife crisis. That's why, you know, you got these, you know, I've led the forum to some very, very, very wealthy people that are just completely sad inside until they get, oh my God, oh man, you know, that's it. That's what my life's about. I resonate with this deeply. Obviously, I I am categorized. I can be categorized as one of those high achievers. And I remember what I discovered in the forum was an incident that happened when I was in school. I think it was first or second grade, and we were playing ball. And one of the, and I brought the ball from home, and and one of the girls stopped the ball game, picked up the ball in front of the whole schoolyard, looked at me, and said, "Mario, that's wrong. You can't do that. That's against the rules." And I felt so petrified in that moment because everybody was looking at me. And what I made it mean was that they're all against me, that I am wrong. There's something wrong with me. So I went up to her. I took the ball and I said, this is my ball. I, I make the rules. I will show you. And mm. I will show you became the pattern of my life, proving myself. I constantly tried to prove myself to everybody in my life, which became a similar thing to you, right? Just like you, I went into a pilot career. But the reason I wanted to become a pilot was because it was the most honorable, respectful thing that I could potentially find. That if I achieved that for Lufthansa in Germany, people would be like, oh my God, my son, Mario, he did it, yay! And I went into it and I became severely depressed. I toyed with suicide, chronic back pain, and I landed at this place called Rock Bottom. And in my relationships, the way that it looked like is I was never able to get to a place of having real intimacy because it would conflict with this idea of I got to prove myself. The moment I really showed my authentic self, there's nothing more to prove. And so I didn't ever allow anybody to see that. So what I would do is, oh, wow. <laughs> do you see that as well? Yeah. <laughs> oh, that's funny. Um, what I did was that I kept people at an arm's length, especially in intimate relationships, and I would sabotage the relationship. I would end it before it get, got to the point of me having to be really vulnerable. Mm. And then I could tell myself, ah, it's just not working out. You know, it's not Janine. Oh, maybe they're over there. It's Maria, right? So, and I would hop on to the next and next until my wife, which is why she's my wife, help me open up and be vulnerable and really be authentic. And it changed the whole dynamic. Mm, beautiful. Yeah. Great. Yeah. It's powerful stuff. So you know? I want to know about what is something that you are working on? 
or that you are focused on inside of yourself? Because I imagine somebody like you, having coached so many people, having done so much of this inner work on a consistent basis, there's a story that I tell myself sometimes, like, I mean, at some point, there's nothing more to work on, right? You're just, you're just it. You're just mm. fully enlightened and there's nothing else more that's going on in your life. So what's something that you are focused on healing within yourself at the moment? Do you find that at some point you get to a place where it's all done? There's nothing more to, to be done. You're just it. You're enlightened. Or would you say it's an ongoing, never last, uh, never ending process? Uh, I think something I'm always at work on, always questioning, always looking, because there's always juice in it, is to see where integrity is out. Where is it lacking? You know, uh, talking about the previous program that I used to lead, you know, most of my preparation was about that. You know, what I, what, what haven't I done? Where is it out? Uh, who do I need to get in touch with, communicate with, to restore that? You know, like that. So, um, and People um, talk about integrity as morality, you know. Um, I don't want to distinguish it too much here, but, you know, when things aren't the way they should be or you've allowed things to slide or, you know, you have agreements with yourself that you must do or not, don't do and you break those agreements or you don't keep those agreements or you let things um, not be where they should be, like just for example, putting things away where they should be, right? It creates, um, it creates uh, um, inefficiency, you know, in your working. Mm. So, you know, somebody once told me a long time ago, she was before even Landmark and uh, she'd led programs back in the 60s. And she said, there's something I learned very, very long time ago. If you want to be efficient, put things back where they belong. And for some reason, it really stuck with me. So I put things back where they're supposed to be. Because I can look for something for half an hour, and it's just literally, you know, 12 inches away from where it should be. It's incredible. Because I'm not, I can't see it, because it's not where it's supposed to be. And I can't, you know, like that. So, um if you don't put things back where they belong, very, very simple thing, right? So I'm, uh, I maintain my integrity. I am on the lookout for my integrity because we can con ourselves. We're con artists. We, we, we will, yeah, that's okay. And suddenly then you don't see that thing. You know, you kind of go unconscious to that area, whatever it might be. You know, it might be your health. It might be, um, uh, finances, it might be your taxes, it might be, um, you know, an untidy part of your house, you know, something where you just kind of keep walking over it and you become numb to it. Or in your world, as you would say to people you work with, you become not present, not conscious. So you become less and less present, less and press, less conscious. So it's just something that never transforms you you've got to literally always be at work on it it, 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 it it's so i would say am i currently at work on that i'm i'm always on the lookout for that because i have learned over the years the moment i assume it's in i'm in trouble hmm. i'm in trouble things are going to go bad very quickly 
as in results to start going down or all of a sudden people they don't want to talk to me or you know what's going on i gotta look where is my integrity out where is it lacking what's what how come this is happening you know you know and certainly in um in relationships and working with people there's something you said you would do and then you didn't do it and then you didn't even talk about it or mention it you just kind of carried on you know because well let's say you did forget you just forgot about it you didn't think it as a thing it is there as a presence whether you realize it or not you might be unconscious to it but it is there and it becomes a barrier between you and the other person so if you can get to what's off in your relationship that lacks integrity like they said this uh, and I said, I said, like you said earlier, I said, yeah, 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 I'll do that. And then you just forgot about it and carried on as normal. They don't forget about it. If you and I went out on a night out, let's say, and, um, you know, you, I said to you, oh, shoot, I haven't got my wallet. Have you got any cash? And you give me 50 pounds, right? And then we carry on with the night. And then, you know, I wake up the next day, I've forgotten about it. And uh, what's there for you the next time we meet? you haven't paid me back that's right but you might be polite and they're just waiting for me to do it and then i don't do it right because i've forgotten you know uh um whether you realize it or not those things are there in people's relationships and every time we meet that's there and then you become more and more distant from me and you don't even realize why it's happening i don't realize why it's happening and you know and all of a sudden you know we used to be really close but we're not close anymore it's just i don't know you know, I mean, that's a that's a, a trite example, but it could that could happen for people. But it's there's whatever it is. So you've got to be really alert to and mindful. And, you know, if you make a promise to someone, write it down. I put it straight in the calendar. If I don't put it in the calendar, I know because it's not in my calendar. If I put it, if I'm if I'm on a pad, if I've got a pad, a notepad and I put it in the notepad, I know I'm going to turn the page and I might not come. I might not looked at that notepad again it's disappeared i have to put it somewhere that it's going to show up so that i do do the thing i've just said i'm going to do otherwise forget it so so i am really trained and buys you nothing you've got to be mindful and 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 uh on the lookout for where you're going to sleep where are you getting lazy where are you not doing things the way they're supposed to be done you know so that that's something I'm constantly at work on for myself healing. If something's off, you know, I had a, I had a conversation with my uh, branding people today and something's not had stopped working and the person in charge went on vacation beginning of August, first, first week of August or something. And they went away for three weeks and there's certain things they didn't hand over. So certain things stopped happening. And when they came back, it didn't get picked up either. So here we are. It's been in October. So, you know, I'm I'm like not walking over that. I got to deal with that, you know. And part of me doesn't want to be, you know, wants to be, you know, all gray. We're all getting on. No, no, no. Stop. This is not working. Mm. You know, we've got to get it to work. And even that's not morality. It's not like, you know, I could tell you you're a bad person and you should have done this and you should have done that. Yeah, well, well, I got it. And here we are. Now what we're going to do? How are we going to rectify the situation? You're, you're taking, from what I'm hearing, you're taking out the charge 
that is often that often comes with good bad and you're really focusing on here's the facts yes we agree that get done by this time okay yes. it didn't get done now let's do let's look at that how yep. can we make it work what's the impact that it's been creating how can we rectify that and yes. i i see especially in entrepreneurial in the entrepreneurial world this is so important because the these emotional charges that come with the morality aspect of it just create so much inefficiency so much additional time like like you said you know our business is about relationships ultimately and if there's something between you and the client or the partner or somebody who's servicing you the things that need to get done don't get done at the time they need to get done because we're not addressing them with conversations yes. we're moving away from it and you know you've done this with me very powerfully and i'm curious if you find the same is true for money blocks so money you know we're in relationship to everything in life nothing mm. is the way that it is it's all the way that we relate to it so yes can apply the same to our relationship with money uh for sure i'm not quite sure it's exactly the same right but there is a relationship you have to money there are conversations going on that you have about money um you know when i first started you know i worked for a very modest salary at my last position right and then i start coaching and you know get coached on the fees for coaching and what you need to charge and i just used to get very uncomfortable when it came to telling people how much the coaching is and um so that was something to heal you know because it was between me and making really serving the person mm. you know you can i really did get the people who pay uh high fees for coaching get most out of it they've got something at stake they've got skin in the game the more they pay the more they pay attention and the more value they get and it's kind of it's kind of great for the coach right because you know you charge mm. more it's easier to produce the results of the person because they're more invested you know if they got coaching free with you well yeah take it or leave it you know i've had probably if not the best one of the best coaches in the world but he wasn't my actual coach for my uh, performance he was awesome and stuff he said speaks to me today it comes up so it was very very powerful but i was not applying it because he wasn't really my real coach for me and i wasn't paying anything for that and nobody was holding me to account for the coaching he was giving me i wasn't being held to account for following the coaching so it didn't work and you know this guys definitely one of the best coaches in the world you'll ever meet so there needs to be a commitment like and today that's financial there needs to be a financial commitment so when it came to that asking for the fee before i kind of got all that for myself as a context you know i felt a bit you know you know it's easy for me coaching people i've been doing it for so long i can see what's going on with you you know and i and I, i'll ask you questions until you see it for yourself rather than just tell you because it's not powerful to tell you you have to see it yourself rather than just be information and take your notes take if you take notes and go away go what was that thing and have to look at your notes you didn't get it 
He didn't get what it is that there is to get. So there we are at that moment. And it was just some conversations over here, like, ah, you know, it's a, it's a lot of money. And you know, it's my money conversations. And I was brought up in Yorkshire, the north of England. And I delivered milk from three years old. I used to go in the milk truck with my mom, you know. And we're always in the conversation. The conversational environment was money scarce. And you have to hold on to it. And, you know, don't spend it. If you save it, don't spend it. So you got to hold on to it, don't spend it, and it's hard to get. So money was had a grip on me, you know. So I had to do some kind of healing work, and I had to do some distinguishing of all of that that's going on. And you can distinguish it, you can see it, but there's still a physical reaction which can be healed. You can do that through energy work, right? That can actually di dissipate that that's in the body trap. And that's not necessarily in language, it's in the body, you know? So I go deeper now than I used to go because I'm, I've brought in lots of different pieces to heal those things. But that conversation with money, it is a relationship to money, but it's it's like, you know, there's a conversation about charging the fee that you're supposed to charge, you know? Uh, another conversation might be, well, what's the point anyway? Because I can make all this money, but it kind of always seems to disappear. I can never hang on to it. Okay, good. So you're now not going to go and make loads of money because what's the point? So you've got to get that distinguished. You've got to get that disappeared. So you're free to create wealth, to create, you know, abundance in your life. It's interesting. I had one client with me. Um, I'm not going to say his name, and he was very specialized in what he did. And um, the, the kind of end result of what the work he did with people was people were really, really overweight, and he could have them lose the weight. But he had to have them for 12 months because the first part is getting rid of the weight, but then there's really literally reprogramming the gut. You know, gut is one of, you know, you've got a brain and you've got an ancillary brain called the heart brain and you've got the gut brain, right? So you have to literally reprogram, rewire the gut so that you now don't crave those foods that are bad for you and you don't go back into your bad habits. So you have to really kind of stabilize them and then retrain them in eating healthy. So it's a 12-month program. It's really awesome, works. And he was charging peanuts for it. And I'm like... I mean, there are only so many hours in a day. This guy had 70 clients. He was speaking to 70 clients a week. What? Yeah. And he was charging something like $350 a, a, a month. I said, you have got, you've got to be kidding me. This should be at least two or $5,000 a month for these guys. He goes, oh, well, I can't charge that. I said, why not? Well, it's just so obvious, you know. I mean, I'd be, feel like I'm manipulating people. And, da, 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 da. and he told this whole story about it. His whole world was there for him. And I said, well, wait, wait. You said manipulated. See, I hear things that have a certain weight to them. I said, you said manipulated. So do people manipulate you? Have you manipulated someone? Or have you seen what's someone in, you know, in life people manipulating other people that, that, that stuck out for you. He goes, oh, it happens all the time, all the time. He said, just recently, you know, a few years ago, um, I, I, I got this great business idea. I got two other colleagues to come together with me. We formed a business, and then they cut me out and went off with my idea. I said, oh, interesting. I said, right now, right now, you're feeling something. What does that remind you of? And he got in touch with the feelings and the emotion of it. 
And, you know, we end up having a conversation about when he's 11 years old and Godparent had molested him and given him money at the end, right? And he'd always given him money before, but on this occasion he gave him money and he's just like, you don't own me. And he made himself up, you know, that he's, you know, there's something wrong with him. He's bad. Um, made a lot of decisions back there. And wow. um, once he saw this thing for what it was, it was like a domino effect through his life, how that had showed up everywhere. And he would work for corporations. He'd get promoted because he's super smart, super clever, really, 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 really smart guy. And uh, they'd promote him and they'd start giving me these big bonus checks. And I'd just get so uncomfortable, I'd leave the company. I'd move on. Wow. Why? I didn't want to be owned. And then he can't charge it. Immediately after that, he went, put his price up to 2000 a month, you know, from 350 to 2000 a month. No problem. He got more clients and all the other clients who couldn't afford to rate, you know, pay the new fee. He trained somebody else to coach them. So he cut his hours down enormously, put that up like that. So, wow. You know, it's, it's amazing where it comes from. You know, what you think is just a thing. Uh, talk to somebody who can hear what you can't hear and can see what you can't see. We'll get back to where all that comes from. That's so, that's so profound. If you think about this, this example that you shared is that because you've had an experience in the past where he was molested, where you felt like the sense of somebody took ownership over him through money. Then he transmitted that into his business where if I was to charge people more money, they would own me. So no but, but way also, I'm going to do also, that. Also, uh, he'd owe them something. Like somehow now he's, you know, bound. Right, right. Okay, yes, yes. It's, it's just fascinating for me to see these things and to understand it because if you look at the landscape of online products and coachings or what people call coaching and, and, and on how to grow businesses, I would say maybe 1% of that addresses what we're talking about. 99% yeah. of everything out there is just about, yeah, you should just charge more money. You should just charge more money. Mm. Okay, okay, I should charge more money. And then ah, you, you're not going to able to do it or you do it, but you can't sustain it and the whole thing breaks down. And so this is so fascinating that you can, from what happened in the past, can extract it to how it's showing up in their life. And would you say that when you do that, you can help somebody see how they're actually, I wonder what the right word is, uh, and, and I'm leaning on you for this one, is it creating or attracting these scenarios back into their life where they say, somebody cut me out of the business deal, um, and it mm. keeps happening. Yeah. Yeah. Those patterns will keep happening because your behavior gets shaped. It's like you've got filters and you, 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 you see this. They're talking and you see this bit. So that bit, you see that because that fits with what you already believe, understand, know already. Hmm. So if you can't dis discern between, you know, the whole picture, what's actually happening and just your little kind of take on it, you know, um, you know, I've had a conversation with people and they say, oh, you mean this? And you're like, no, 
no, I don't just mean that. I mean this. And they're just, they're, they're trying to fit what you're saying into their, into their, you know, le- uh, uh, structure of understanding is probably a better way to talk about it. Like a structure of understanding, how it fits there, there, and there. Um, so it's really difficult with human beings, you know, communicating without, without, um, some guidance without some opening up and being able to see what's really happening. Um, we're so ineffective and we could be so effective. Hmm. Where do you see this going in the future? Like the future of entrepreneurship, the future of business as what I'm seeing is, you know, a much more conscious world. A lot of people waking up, becoming more aware, diving more into the technologies that you and I are talking about. Where do you see all of this moving? It's interesting you should say that. So I was in a, a, a conversation today uh, talking about Theory U. And um, I don't know if you ever studied it or not, but basically that that if you look, there's a future that's wanting to arise. There is a future that's not been before. It's not like an extrapolation of the past or it's not like what you're forecasting. But if you can really look, there's a future emerging. And, you know, for that to emerge, we need to work together. You know, people need to work together, collaborate, uh, um, be able to resolve problems uh, as a team, you know. And, And that takes a certain way of managing for that to be able to be possible. You know, if you look, I'll give you a, a, an example. It's not entrepreneurial, but it kind of makes the point. If you look at, um, just look at the political structure in this country. We have, you know, House of Commons, we have, you know, Parliament, and somebody says something. It's like an, what we call an Oxford debate. Somebody says something and someone argues about it or someone has a different point and someone argues against that and nothing gets resolved. No new solutions come up. Just people either win their point and put get their point across until you know they've annihilated the opposition and got that their point is the point, right? And that's, that's basically what we've got, combatants and arguing. Versus... What if we had a dialogue? Somebody, you know, proposes an idea. And then somebody else goes, oh, okay, all right, well, if we did that and then we could do this, like they can add to it. They can't just shoot it down. They can only either add to it, enhance it. And if you did this, what would that, what would that make then available? You know, so you could actually have a dialogue that created something new in in a dance with the future that's wanting to show up. How are we going to handle it? How, how are we going to work it out together? And you get solutions way more powerful than somebody's got a view about this and the way to do this and we need to do it like this. You know, so, yeah. Hmm. I think what you're describing is what leads to a more peaceful world because it's a more unified world. It's a more accepting world. It's a world that is based on the notion of understanding that we're all different in our expression, yet we're all the same at our basic core. And I'm wondering 
how do you define peace? Hmm. Well, you know, as you're talking, one of the things that gets in the way is right and wrong. So right and wrong, where does right and wrong live? It lives in our opinions, our conversations with ourselves, right? Who's right, who's wrong? It depends who you talk to. So or if there was a world where there's no right and wrong, like you're wrong for following that God and you're right because you 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 worship the same God as me or you're wrong because you've got a different political viewpoint. No, you've got yours and there, there's this one I've got over here. And actually, there's some value in that one. And there's, you know, I think there's more value in this one, but I can see that bit and that bit, you know. And um, I think human beings need to evolve to not be so caught up in having to be right mm-hmm. or proving themselves or, or needing to be in control or being the one that's, you know, the one that says it, you know. Uh, and I'm not talking, you know, I'm talking something new, actually, something new where it's about getting things to function, th- getting things to work for each other. You know, it's possible to have a whole planet with different religions, different political points of view, different uh, financial structures, different, um, you know, ways of life different cultures it's possible to to actually enjoy all these different ones not kill them off because they're not the same as mine i one of the things that i i say i've been blessed with is i have a real curiosity for different cultures and different peoples i I, it fascinates me you know traveling all over the world was like wow a real gift a real gift i've been to all different kind of cultures and what was there for me is just really trying to get why it's like that for them and why it's like that for them and why they think like that and why is that okay oh that's okay because oh okay cut it i can see why you see it that way you know if i saw it that way i'd probably think the way you think all right now it's not wrong it's a possible way to see it right by not making it wrong or saying it's wrong or or you know judging it good or bad by understanding each other then I have an access to be able to contribute and that's access to make a difference. You know, mm-hmm. and, and um, I developed that for myself. You, you have to, if you want to produce the result called people, you know, having a new life and a transformation, you have to be able to get over there with them. Same if you're going to be a great coach. You've got to be able to be over there with the person. So, uh, uh, you know, and it's 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 not wrong. It's one possible way people coach, but to say coaching is and has become a lot of uh, I did this. I built a business from you know no money to seven eight figures in six months. I'm going to coach you to do the same as I did. Okay, that's that's more like um, mentoring someone or being a consultant with someone. Where real coaching is, I'll I'll work with you and have you discover. 
I'd like you to consider you've got everything you need. You might not have some of the actual information and I need to go and learn this and I need to go and study that. But within you, you have what you need. You're just blocked. Like, oh, I'm, I'm not good at this or I'm not good at maths or I'm not a, a this kind of person. So I need somebody else to do that for me or I can't, you know, it won't get done. Well, it's just limiting beliefs. And they get set up just like that. Now, I remember eight years old, there I am, we're doing a spelling test, and I couldn't get this word right. So I got put in the B group for spelling. And I just said to myself and out loud to other people, I'm just not good at spelling. So I didn't pay any attention to spelling. So I become an adult who doesn't really spell very well. It makes mistakes. I just spell that. I just spell that. I was always, I always asking other people. And it dawned on me, you know, because leading programs, you write on the board. So you pay attention because everyone's paying attention to what you're putting up there. They've got to be spelled correctly. I just realized I'd never actually learned how to spell words. From about eight, I stopped because I stopped paying attention. Wow. So it wasn't that I couldn't or I wasn't able to. I'd literally told myself I'm not good at that. So I'm not going to do it because I'm not good at it. I mean, how simple is that? And then they say, people, well, I'm not good at maths. I'm not a maths person. Well, something similar happened to you. I guarantee it. Yeah. I mean, you might <laughs> you might argue for the, you know, that percentage of people who doesn't see letters the right way around and things like that. I'm actually one of those with numbers, which is a problem as a pilot when you're dialing in frequencies for the radio and it's the wrong way around. you got to keep catching yourself, you know. Um, but it doesn't mean you can't. It doesn't mean there aren't ways around it. You know, they write it, they speak it, and I wrote it down on my knee. You know, you have a knee pad there, wrote it down, and then I check back, let a number by, uh, okay, good. So I managed to work around it. It's possible. You can learn, you can learn what you want to learn. You're not going to be good at the piano the first time you sit down and play the piano. But if you go, oh, I can't do this, and that's it, I'm not a piano player. Oh, good, well, you'll never be one. Why? You didn't practice. Nobody's good at the beginning. No one. Sure. And almost anything. But we make decisions and we limit ourselves. So, essentially, what I'm hearing in my question to you, what is peace? Peace is something that transcends right or wrong. It lives in the space of what's possible. And that's something that I can definitely resonate with in so many different ways, especially in the interpersonal relationships where right and wrong is a constant companion, mm. where when I learn to move beyond that and to look at, just like you said, it's like, well, from their perspective, they did the best they could, right? My dad did the best he could. Mm -hmm. He didn't know what he was saying from his idea when he was making a comment about me getting married and asking me five times whether I'm sure he was coming from his own experience with having gone through a failed marriage. Yeah. So in his, his perspective, he's trying to protect me. Mm -hmm. Why? Because he loves me. Yes. So if I come with that uh, uh, chain of thought, yes. I come back to, hmm, to a warm feeling. It's like, yes. it's like, he just doesn't know how to express it in the way that I want it to be expressed. Yes. And that changes the game. And that, that allows me to relax. That allows me to not fight. 
to not argue and it's changing the game you know on a personal level for me and then i don't have all that baggage that i'm carrying behind me my dad calls me and oh my god i don't see that there's more joy there's more liberation in those relationships and that ultimately creates much more efficiency in what i do on a day-to-day basis yeah yeah a, a few a few answers if you like came to mind to to the question peace you know how do you have peace well peace. um uh, it would be resolving in a conflict, you know, once things and things no longer a conflict. I notice I've got black on my thumb, my printer. I just had to refill it before <laughs> it put extra on my thumb and it doesn't come off. It's like permanent. So it will it's eventually. Yeah. No, it'll eventually wear off, but I see it on the, on the print, on the, on the video. <laughs> um, um, yeah. So, you know, if, if you resolve those inner conflicts, those, um, then there's there's peace around that you know my mother would ask me and still asks me would ask me have you eaten do you want something to eat do you want a cup of tea <laughs> it's like constant now uh that used to really bug me it used to really annoy me i used to get really annoyed and i did not have inner peace around my mother right until i realized that's how she says i love you that's her thing she likes people to eat I was bringing my boys over and she seemed all kind of stressed out. So what's going on? What's going on? So what do they eat? I said, well, they like sausages and mashed potato. They love that. Oh, right. So she's now happy and she's got, oh, so I'll get them sausages ready for them boys. And, you know, she's all happy because that's what she does. That's how she expresses. One of the ways she expresses her love is to feed you. So now I don't hear what I used to hear was, have you eaten? I said, well, I can't take care of myself. Do you think I'm some kid, some little boy or something? No, 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 no. That's all resolved. It's just she's just saying, I love you. That's how she's doing it. So there's no there's no there's peace there. You get, you get me? There's no reaction. Or not the same reaction. Sometimes there is. And like, oh, wait, hang on, hang on. Whoa. It's just my mom being my mom. So there's resolving those inner conflicts. And then there's also um uh being at peace with what's so versus resisting the way things are or resisting the way people are. They are the way they are. They don't, they don't have to ask your permission. They are that way. If they're that way, that's how they are. Should they be different? Well, who made you the judge, you know? <laughs> by by being the judge, you're the one suffering. With no, you don't have peace because they should be different. Well, they're not. And this is what we have to work with. Well, if you can, you know, embrace and love people the way they are, and you know, and, and, and I promise you, and all their bound upness, and and you know, and 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 the way they are, that's their highest level of expression of love for you. Oh, I, I see you doubt me. Well, that's an unusual expression, but hey, I'll take it. Oh, you're questioning me. You're questioning me because you want the best for me. Oh, okay, fine. I'll take it. Versus, you shouldn't be questioning me. How dare you question me? That's all resisting what is. You can love them just the way they are, you know, and for. The way I hold it is that's their highest expression of being able to express their love. That's it. And, and, you know, those barriers melt pretty soon. Exactly. And then you have a sense of space, a sense of freedom, which you can fill with new possibilities. And the larger that space gets, the more of the healing that you have experience and created the more exciting possibilities and opportunities can you now hold 
And that's why this work is so, 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 so important for anybody who has great ambitions and who wants to make an, uh, a positive splash in the world. And um, I think this is the perfect way to end and to conclude our conversation. It's been okay. very insightful. You have delivered uh, a beautiful value-driven uh, insights that I think that I know many of our listeners will appreciate. Question for you, Will, where can people find you? And I remember that you have a gift for people that are listening to this episode. Yes. So, um, you know, I start off, I do a group, I, I coach people one-on-one, -on -one, you know, executives, business owners, but I also do a group program for, um, for coaches, business coaches. And the first um, session, I have them create a future. You know, if there were no barriers, there's nothing in the way, what would you create for your life? You see, then we can work backwards, you know? That's what you really want. Okay, with no restrictions, this is what I really want. Okay, and what's in the way? What 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 shows up when you go, well, as you use the example money, I want to have, you know, a million dollars. All right. Okay, what's wrong with that? What's in the way for you? And stuff will show up, you know? And and that's where you can do the deep work on inside. So that's it's it's an opportunity um to work through that. It's just ask you questions. What about this area? What about this area? What about this area? So you get a full picture and you can create, uh, you know, what my life is about statement, which if that's what your life's about, it's a bigger context than just kind of, you know, waking up in the morning and just going through the motions and doing more of what you did yesterday or trying to get someplace or when I get that goal, then I'll be, no, no, this is what my life is about. It's beyond all of that. And what I'm doing is inside this new context that I've created for my life. This is what my life is about. Why? I said so. I created it. You know, so you'd get the opportunity to create that. Uh, uh, it's a PDF. You can download it, print it out. You know, and in um, this final statement, I recommend people uh, laminate it. So if you laminate it, you know, it's mm. solid. You can read it every morning, every evening not really like an affirmation, but sometimes it just kind of tunes you in to seeing these opportunities. It tunes you in to um, aligning what you're, what, what you're looking for, what you're out for and opportunities show up that you wouldn't normally see because you've already created what you're really about and what you're up to. So the, that's, um, I think you'll get put a link somewhere for people to uh, download that. They can have that. If you want to talk about working with me, um, you, the best thing is to go to my website, willsteel.com. Very simple. You go there, you know, you can communicate and I'll get an email and we can talk like that. Or, I mean, you can email me. It's will.steel.gm, like Gmail, but gm at gmail.com. So send me an email. We'll set up a time to talk. And, you know, I give people, if I can see we're, we're a fit, I'll give people a free coaching session and we'll create what their life's about. We'll create what's possible and we'll unconceal the challenges, the barriers, or some of them, you know, the main ones that are right there stopping you realize your dreams, realize what you really want. You know, so the first part, you're creating a future that's compelling, that's empowering, that's really what you really want. If you took all limitations away, that's what I want. So it's authentic to you. Then you'll unconceal the as I said, the barriers to that. 
and you'll leave the coaching call lit up, reignited, re-energized, inspired to get your business growing faster and easier than ever before. So that, that's the free coaching session I want to offer your listeners who are interested in that. And, uh, you know, like that. And if you want to talk about my coaching, you can do that at the end of the coaching call if you want to. Beautiful. I will be sure to add all of the links in the show notes so people know how to find you. Well, thank you very much for blessing us today with your time and energy and your insights. I highly appreciate it. And I appreciate you, my dear friend, listener of this podcast. With that, we conclude another episode of the Zenpreneur Podcast, and I will see you on the next episode. Thank you.